Welcome to Micah Bradford Connected, where we bring together hope and information to help support your life. Join us on this journey in connecting the dots and finding answers to your most challenging health issues. So, let's connect, where no topic is off limits. Common interests prevail, but opinions don't always align. This is Micah Bradford Connected. Welcome back to Micah Bradford Connected. Happy to have you with me today. It's been a few weeks, took a little bit of a break, and I know that most of you are all getting ready for taking your break this summer, uh, whether it is you as an adult and planning to get some great natural vitamin D, or whether it's you're planning to take time with the kids, whether it's a staycation or vacation. Today, we're going to talk about a few tips, tricks, and my epic fail with planning our trip that we recently took my son Jacob on. So I am glad to have you back. And as we talk about some summer fun in the sun and in our situation, snow, we'll get to visit on hopefully giving you a few tips and tricks that are going to help make your summer vacation or staycation a little easier, especially if you have kiddos or individuals with special needs or maybe just younger kiddos that need a little more visual tools and ideas and cues to help keep them on track and know what the game plan is. So I took a few weeks off and my son, Jacob, that is 23 now, he has been talking about a road trip since ninth grade. And we have continued to comprise this amazingly long list of different landmarks, national monuments of all sorts and kinds that he wanted to see. And Back in the day, when he was in ninth grade, I thought, sure, we can do that. And I kept thinking, okay, well, another year and another year. And then the next thing you know, you blink. And as a parent, many years have gone by. And so I was very, very fortunate that my beloved other half stepped in and said, okay, it's time. We need to take him on his road trip. So we made the choice that because Jacob historically has some issues uh, with sounds and noises and different environments and scenarios that flying was not an option. Not so much that Jacob couldn't fly, but more so an issue that he may have issues with ear pressure, hearing and such, and it affect the other passengers. So flying really wasn't an option. And I think that, you know, if we had the opportunity to work on different scenarios and prep more that we could, and probably if it was uh, private carrier versus commercial, that absolutely would change these scenarios. But in this circumstance, we decided that we were going to do a road trip and we ended up getting an RV and plotted out the course and to the best of our ability, tried to live up to the expectations that Jacob had with his RV, Jacob's grand RV adventure. So some of the things that I did in preparation and that you may want to think about too is If you're going on a road trip or you're doing activities with kiddos is making a list. The first thing is we agreed on the list of the places that we were going to visit and go see. And in making that list, we plotted out 
what that looked like as far as starting from point A, B, C, D, going all the way full circle to arriving back home. So there were some constants to help with him feeling secure and knowing what he was looking at and what he was going to expect. Because for many of you out there that either have a family member, a child with autism, or know someone with a child with autism, you're all right about now thinking, Micah, what are you thinking? (laughs) Taking someone that has some rigidity, sound sensitivity, likes their continued schedule, which he's flexible, but he's still, there's things that he likes with continuity. And so I don't know what I was thinking. I am the ultimate optimist and I believe I am woman, hear me roar. And when you've got a good man by your side, anything is possible. So We chose to plan the trip out and we made the list of the different locations we were going to visit. We plotted out our course as to what states we would be going through. I also prepped many food items that he was familiar with so that I didn't have to stress out over whether or not when I was going through smaller towns or areas, if they would have the foods that met his dietary restrictions. So I made pumpkin muffins, coconut, almond flour, pumpkin muffins and things ahead of time. So there were some foods that I prepped and took with that made the transition much easier. And then we planned the meals out around things that were very basic and very healthy, actually, uh, that didn't take a lot of work and a lot of time so that even in the transition and traveling, that if it was time for lunch and we were still on the road driving, that if it wasn't an opportune time to pull over and stop or take a break, or if we weren't in one of the cities that was our final destination, that I could go ahead and warm something up and get him taken care of to kind of help with keeping some sort or semblance of a schedule with so many other items being variable uh, in his daily routine. So that was a great thing to think ahead and to have in place because if I would have counted on finding specialty foods at the grocery stores, it would have been a nightmare because when you're traveling through many small towns long distances between gas stations and so on. I just wanted to be prepared and not have those additional variables. So some of the things that you want to take into consideration if you're taking your kiddos camping or if you're doing a road trip is what are parts of the routine or day that are going to look different in that environment than they do at home. So one of the things for us was the difference in having an RV and the shower. (laughs) Now, a shower is a shower, the bathroom, but when you look at the toilets in an RV, they flush different. When you look at taking a shower in an RV, if your person or child is used to being a water baby and taking a 45-minute shower, that's probably not going to wear so easy as far as your water supply, depending on the distance you're going and how far away, if you're at an RV camp, if you're camping out at the state park. So those were some of the things of thinking about bringing a timer and that I realized in retrospect, looking back, having a timer explaining that certain activities needed to be timed. And in the spirit of talking about time, one of the things I realized and is that 
while Jake doesn't always have the ability to ask me the why, when, and where questions at a fluid rate, that he can do it spontaneously, but that's not something that is automatic. Looking at time and being able to put a time associated with a distance and location. And I think that in our trip, while I would say that 80 percent of the trip was an absolute success and was phenomenal that 20 percent of the frustration that he experienced was in situations where there was that deficit of being able to ask why about specifics in unknown scenarios and so as I look back having some basic tools like timers uh, also having maybe a clock that is digital that they can see and have endpoints. Not only we did have the map and we also had an atlas, so those were helpful. As far as activities, we made sure that in this scenario we had our DVD player, and so he had a selection of movies that he could choose from, and he learned very quickly how to utilize the DVD player in the bunkhouse area of the RV. So even when we were driving, that he had activities with watching movies, or he could draw and he could write. We also brought different manipulatives or the model magic things where he could do something at the table still while in transit. Of course, in the evenings, we were able to do things like, in our situation, roast marshmallows and get out maybe go for a walk, look at the animals, besides also seeing the sites that we had listed on our to-do list. So those were a few things that were very helpful. I will tell you that depending on the age of your child, I would also consider a few things that for some reason, whenever we were in the process of being in the trip, seemed very common sense that I just didn't click because you know when you're preparing and you're getting ready and you're leaving work and you're wanting to make sure that the vehicle or the RV is packed and you've got all your ducks in a row that those secondary levels of preparedness may not be at the forefront of your thinking. So I think it's important to, there were a few situations where because of the questions or Jake not being able to as quickly ask his WH questions about when will we be there, what's going on, that he got a little louder. And for those of you that have kiddos with autism, you understand that there are times where their vocals or their sounds or their voices or the intonation, there may be variability. And so I realized in that moment that I did not bring any paperwork with documentation about my child. Now, I hear myself say that and I'm rather flabbergasted because you are listening to the woman who has three binders. I have a binder for his current behavioral goals and his behavior support plan. I have a binder with all of the relevant medical events from his health history from the time he was born till now. I also have a list of the foods and the different supplements that he takes that are prescribed by his doctor. And then I have the binder with his guardianship paperwork showing that I am not only his mom, but legal guardian. And in the chaos and preparing for the trip itself, it was completely lost on me to think about ensuring having extra copies of the paperwork with me 
in the event that there were any questions or circumstances that arose. Of course, we had insurance cards and we had information of that nature. So I will encourage you that regardless of where your child is at on the spectrum, how old your child is, if your child is not on the spectrum, that to have some documentation with you. I mean, for me, it just was a reality check of, okay, it's a little odder whenever you have an older child that is talking or making sounds like a five-year-old and you're going through different states where you're not familiar with your surroundings and the people. So it's something that I would definitely just put on your checklist that when you're looking at traveling, especially if you have an individual or loved one with special needs and you're going down your list of the excitement, enthusiasm, or preparing for your trip, prepare and be mindful that what if there was a medical emergency? What if there was a behavioral emergency? to have all of your ducks in a row and don't just rely on electronic access to your records because I did have electronic access through my phone. But one of the things we found is that quite often there was no cell service. So it wasn't a matter or an issue of having data and being able to access. It was, there was no cell service. So those are some tips and thoughts to think about when you're getting ready to do activities or go on trips this summer. So in our trip, one of the things that was very eye-opening to me and reinforced why having a podcast to connect people to resources and information ideas was so important is that literally at every stop, whether it was in Yellowstone, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Wherever it was that we stopped, what was so profound is that I met someone each time that either had a relative with special needs and chronic health issues or one with autism, whether it was the cashier at the gas station where it took me back seeing the tattoo on his arm uh, that represented and honored his twins with autism or whether it was eating at the Fisherman's Grotto number nine in San Francisco and having the most thoughtful, I assume he was either one of the managers, but just thoughtful young man as we're looking to have a nice meal out overlooking part of the Bay Area and making a simple request that could we be in an area that's a little quieter uh, and not right in the thick of things with the restaurant And when I explained to him further that Jacob had autism, he was so positively reassuring and reinforcing and kind because he had a cousin with autism. Every place we visited, and I turned around, the reality of children, health issues, chronic needs, behavioral health was surfacing. And so it made me even more appreciative for this opportunity to get to spend time with Jake and to be able to show him some of the things in our country that I really never thought would be possible. And it was truly a team effort with my other half. And he was an absolute blessing and a road warrior. And I will say that it's imperative, as as any parent knows, when you're traveling with kids, it's imperative to be a good team, right? I mean, you want to be there to support each other, lift each other up. And when, you know, toys are being thrown or food scattered everywhere, whatever with kiddos, 
you want to have a team approach where you can tag and one person can go in and take care of stuff and the other person can step out a minute. And I was very fortunate because through this journey, it was not only a blessing and gift for Jake, but it was an opportunity for me to see again the amazing gift of a person and what it looks like to have the support and work together. And I know that that's hard to do sometimes when we're in the thick of things with children, much less children or having uh, additional needs for that person as far as caring for them or what they may need. So being gone for a few weeks, it was exciting. I have to tell all of you that if you have not seen Mount Rushmore, it's just awe-inspiring to think that it took however many years to create and that it's just this amazing memorial, iconic, and that even in the month of May, there was still snow around. I don't know why, but I was very like surprised with that. And then to have the opportunity to go from there to Yellowstone, Yellowstone to be able to see the animals and the babies. And it was awe-inspiring and the geysers and paint pots. I have to tell you that I had no idea how many tourists came to Yellowstone, but now I do. (laughs) And in planning this trip, I had fears of worst case scenario and best case scenario. And so everyone has that, I think, with children, right? But when you have children with special needs, you probably have even more pronounced or detailed and defined fears slash AKA nightmares. (laughs) So I have to tell you, if you've ever been to see the geysers and where the paint pots are in Yellowstone, so there's this walkway and the walkway, they instruct you it's one way. So basically once you start down the road, you're supposed to continue that direction. And I don't know, I'd say it's maybe six feet wide, maybe seven. I don't know, seven, I I don't think it's more than seven. So there are a lot of tourists that are posing and sitting on the ledge and, and doing all these little different hand leg movements and such. And my other half, he's literally, he's parking the RV and parking itself was just a nightmare. And I'm so thankful that we did not go during the busy season because I can't even fathom doing it under normal circumstances, much less having higher levels of need and supports and modifications. So Jake and I, we are walking and he is doing beautifully. I mean, I am literally... We're walking, holding hands. He's looking at the geysers, the paint pots. We're taking selfies and it's just miraculous. And as more people are on the walkway, they're just oblivious. I mean, like people are bumping into you and just very absorbed with their moment, their pictures. And the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm literally almost praying my way through the path. And I'm waiting, hoping that the RV gets parked and that he can join us, that Curtis can come up and be with us through looking at the geysers and more people are coming and another van empties out with tourists and it's getting packed and they're bumping in. And Jake, you know, for having uh, some sensory issues where bumping into him may alarm him, depending on the scenario and the settings and the sounds. It was a moment where I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Lord, please, God, please, 
don't let somebody bump into him or inadvertently shove him and him respond with tenacity or surprise and somebody end up in the geyser. Yeah, just tell you, that was one of my fears. Happily, I am proud to say that did not happen. And not only did we wait patiently and were able to take some great selfies, but we made it walking the right direction, going through, looking at the beauty of many of the geysers of Yellowstone. But it was definitely an event. And with each uh, location and each monument that we saw, literally, I would look at Curtis and go, check, because it was one more check mark to take note of that item's done on to the next one. So I figured that many of you could relate to that in not only our children's lives, but in our lives. How often is it that it, it's, we're talking about this event and it's getting closer and we prepare for it and we prepare for it. And when it gets here and we're in the moment, how many times do we go, oh God, wait a minute, I forgot this. How could I forgot that? That seems so like intuitive. How did I forget to talk about the time in contrast and comparison with the distance of our traveling? Hmm. I don't know. It happens. So looking at our checklist, the Mount Rushmore event was one item. Yellowstone was another. And as we progressed, we went through Idaho and Oregon, which was just stunning. I have to tell you, I have a new appreciation for so many of the central states and on the West Coast. It was just awe-inspiring and exhilarating to see we went through the Redwoods. And as an adult, I have never been to the Redwoods. I had seen Mount Rushmore as a little girl. I'd been to Yellowstone. But to truly stand at the base of these amazing trees really just brought to mind the thoughts that how strong, how sturdy, wondering what those trees and those forests have endured and have gone through, where there have been close calls, whether it would be from a storm or fire, but how majestic and standing the test of time. And as we were there, it made me think about reflecting on the journey that we all go through. We prepare, we have checklists, we endure trials, and all in all, if we have a good anchor, if we have good roots, and we have a pretty good plan and a good team, we can weather through anything. And this trip with Jake's grand RV adventure reminded me of that and how to appreciate the gifts of people, of their relationship and their commitment, the gifts of nature in this amazing country, and reveling in the accomplishments that may seem small to some people, but were monumental for Jake and for our family. To eat lunch at the Fisherman's Grotto Number 9 with a beautiful view of a huge glass window with glassware and a baby grand piano and all these things around us. And for the blessing for it to go off without a hitch. Those moments of appreciating the little things, the things that can so often be taken for granted. To be able to see when other people have a heart for your loved ones. Las Vegas was absolutely adorable where the Elvis impersonator 
made it a point to not only do a few pictures with Jake, but to sing with Jake on his level, expecting nothing more than to see him smile. It was pretty awesome. So in sharing all of that, I hope that you and your family in some way have the ability to have some kind of grand adventure this summer, whether it's being able to take off a few days and just relax and step outside and enjoy time in nature or with friends and family, or maybe it is to be able to take a road trip to spend time with your kids and to show them things they've never seen before. Whatever it may be, I hope that this is the beginning of a fabulous summer, and I hope that you'll be able to revel in the fact of enjoying those moments, those opportunities, while you're checking your list off and creating memories. So as we get started, we're going to, this summer, start having more guest speakers, and I hope that you will tune back in. If you haven't, Sign up now for notices so that you'll know when the next podcast comes out. Also, look us up, Connected Micah Bradford, on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to connect with you. Love to hear your stories about your victories, your accomplishments. Shoot us a message. Let us know what are you looking for. And know that all things are possible. That with hope, there's always help. And we can find answers in a community. So, until next time... Let's stay connected, and I'll see you at Connected with Micah Bradford.